Hello and welcome to LiveWire's 2022 Outlook series. I'm Ali Selby. And I'm Matthew Kidman. And today we'll be asking our fundies what's their number one stock pick for 2022. Makes me really nervous. I hate making those predictions. Ah, oh, but I'm so excited. So am I. Controversial, um, but Harvey Norman. It's uh, the the bare arguments on Harvey Norman are extremely well known. You know we've got to watch out for online. The Amazon's going to come and destroy them. Are they going to go buy more farms like they've done in the past, etc. etc. Et yeah, but I actually I, I flipped that on its head. We like investing in companies where the principal and founder is a major shareholder and and, and a manager. They tend to think longer term. They tend to make decisions not based on next year's EPS, but on the long term. For instance, they own $3.5 billion worth of large format retail, ungeared by the end of this year. We feel that the valuation is very, very compelling. Even with the retail going back by 30% this year, we see this on nine times PE, X, X property, 6.5% fully franked yield. And we feel that the money that the cash they're generating is, is massive will either go to growing, rolling out the international strategy or we'll get return to shareholders. Go, Harvey, go. So we, we're very favorable disposed to a company called Novartis. It's a Swiss-based global pharmaceutical company I'm sure you'd be familiar with. Yeah. Um, it's about a $200 billion company, but they have around 7% free cash flow yield, pay over 4% dividend, which is very strong and sustainable. You know, within that $200 billion valuation, they spend $15 billion a year in R&D annually. And at the current valuation, we believe that R&D, you're effectively getting almost for free. So any success from that will come through the share price. The company's got no debt. So those characteristics we think are very well placed to do well in an environment that we do think is going to be more challenging and tricky going forward. The stock we're super excited about over the next 12 months is Megaport. Um, and I guess to take a step back, what Megaport does is they basically facilitate connections for businesses um, that allow them to transfer data or information into data centres, office branches. So it really is kind of the foundation for their IT infrastructure. And Megaport has a phenomenal base business. So what we see is customers continue to increase their spend with Megaport 50% per annum, very consistently. So you've got that great underlying organic growth. But what we've seen recently is that Megaport stepped into a new market. So they've expanded from a $7 billion market to now a $14 billion market, and they're using their base infrastructure that they've built, um, and they're launching a new product. But what really gives us high conviction in Megaport and their ability to execute um, looking out over the next 12 months is this partnership model they've implemented. So they're partnering with some of the largest names in the networking industry. Cisco, Fortinet, VMware, wow. these are huge companies. Cisco's got a market cap of US 225 billion, a sales force of 25,000. And finally, the Megaport product is gonna be in the hands of, of now effectively a sales force of 40,000. Previously, Megaport had 40 sales reps. So we just think there's huge potential for their revenue growth to absolutely skyrocket over the, the coming years. And we think it's a really attractive um, potential investment opportunity. The stock we've become more confident with over the last few years um, is the company that's powering AI. Um, and, and, and there we're, with the stock we were talking about is NVIDIA. Uh, NVIDIA is actually nearly our best performing stock this year, and we actually think it'll be our best performing stock next year as well. We are at the moment of exponential uplift in AI technology. 
the reason why this is happening is because every company in the world is effectively becoming an AI company. They are, they are recognizing they have large data sets that they need to be able to process very quickly. Um, and if they do that, they keep their customers. NVIDIA is the AI enabler for the planet. Um, it is a classic hardware software model, uh, very similar to Apple at the time. And, and ultimately, we see exponential growth ahead for this company. We think the earnings of this company can grow more than five times over the next decade. Uh, and ultimately, its share price should follow that. And while it was a really good performer this year, still really misunderstood out there. Um, and that's probably our best big cap idea into 2022. I think, uh, without a doubt, it's going to be EML payments. Uh, this is a stock that um, is growing really strongly. And the only thing that went wrong with it during the year was the Central Bank of Ireland um, got concerns about how strongly it was growing and it wanted to look into it. And uh, as a result, had to make a disclosure. The share price collapsed, uh, went down about 50% all up. Now, six months later, Central Bank of Ireland's come out and is sort of backtracking. Um, as much as a central bank can say it, as a regulator can say it, they're sort of saying, oh, look, nothing to see here. We're actually not concerned at all. Well, the stock price hasn't recovered yet. So uh, we see no concerns at all about EML payments. The growth is going to continue and uh, it's got a lot of space for that stock price to move back into. Bit of a boring one, but it's a good one that's become really cheap recently and for no real reason. And that's EQT or equity trustees. So it's a relatively boring in the terms of it's a trustee for financial services business, asset managers typically, and that's a very sticky sort of business. But it's getting uh, winning new clients, which is the equivalent of inflows for fund managers. And the stock's come off in the last few weeks. It was up around $30. It's now about $25, which puts it on a P next year of around 17 times. So discount to market. It's a high quality business, the market. You know, that stickiness of its customer base means that you know, it's got duration of earnings. And then, then finally, you've got the potential for acquisitions as well. So it's balance sheets, net cash. And there's a couple of acquisitions out there that they could make, um, which could sort of add the, add the icing on top of the cake to make it even better. And it's a great quality business that gives you growth and value, which is a really attractive combination and pretty rare in this market. So I really like IDP education. I know it's had a big run um, in the last 12 months, but I think there's still significant upside in that name. Um, it's got one of the best management teams in the market and, you know, on a two to three year view, I can see significant upside in that stock. So we have lots of favourites in the portfolio, but the one that I would pick would be Entain. And Entain is a UK based company. It's one of the top players in US sports betting and also in iGaming. So it's a market that's just starting to emerge uh, state by state in the US. They're legalising sports betting and it's one of the dominant players. And what's exciting to us is that it trades on a P of only 15 times. We think it can grow earnings at least 20% per annum for many years to come. On our numbers, they'll actually triple their business over the next five years. And the thing that's exciting is that their main competitor and their joint venture partner have both bid for the company over the last 12 months. So just recently, uh, DraftKings bid for the company at 28 pounds. The share price stays only 16 pounds. So the people who know the industry best are voting with their actions and they're saying, we would love to own this business long-term. So we think it's really well positioned and really well priced. I think QBE looks fabulous. Um, QBE is leveraged to higher interest rates globally, which fits into this inflation, um, inflation thematic as it plays out. And the pricing cycle in insurance markets is stronger than it's been um, probably be in, you know, since the World Trade Center attacks more than 20 years ago. So you know, very, very good operating backdrop and highly leveraged on the financial perspective to uh, tighter monetary conditions and inflation. 
Well, you're really ensuring your bets for 2022. Mm, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I think my number one stock is uh, black and white. It's an easy choice. It's Zebra Technologies. So it's a US-based firm with about 50% market share in, in mobile computing. So every time you get a parcel delivery and you see the guy with the scanner, when you're in the supermarket and you see people taking inventory within a warehouse, these guys are going rampant. And with the, the switch to omni-channel, all retailers moving online, there's been a dash to buy these products, roll out their platform to make sure they can serve their customers well. Um, they're growing probably 30% this year and should keep that up uh, into next year. It's a huge addressable market of uh, $10 billion and they've got yeah, over half the market share with all their competitors growing at half the rate and only single digit, low double digit market share. So we think they'll be able to consolidate their lead and generate some great profits into next year. I think number one pick would be Visa. Um, it's a company we've owned for, for a long time. Um, that whole space has been under pressure. Um, there's kind of concerns around crypto and disruption and stable coins and cross-border recoveries. Um, but when we actually look at the fundamentals of the business, they've come through COVID even stronger than they were going in. That trend of cash to cars has just accelerated. The trend of digital and online commerce has only grown. Um, if you look at their total payment volume over two years, that's up 22%. You uh, can easily see a path to plus 15% earnings growth over the next few years. Um, and that valuation is starting to look really attractive. So that would be our top pick for next year. Yeah, look, I've been on this stock for a while now and it hasn't performed quite as well as I would have expected, but it's, it's Raise Invest. It's a micro-investing platform. In Australia, they have about 300,000 clients. I think all investors in Australia want to take control of their own finances and they want to do it in a cost-effective way. They've seen what's happened with the AMPs and the Westpacs and the like where, where people don't trust the financial planning network. They want to do their own investing. They feel empowered because they can do it through an app. But I also think over time, it's going to become a really valuable asset for some of these bigger financial players to look at. So great fundamentals, great tailwinds, potential acquisition, but also like really good metrics behind it as well. Plus incredibly transparent financials. So there's a lot of things to like about it. Right, so the one that I want to give you is um, a, a company called Envirosuite, EVS. It's got a market cap of about $260 million. It provides software products for a range of industries that help those industries control their pollution of salt. So, it, it, you know, they sell to the water industry, they sell to the mining industry, they sell to the airline industry, and it's only just getting started. It, it's got enough capital, it's global, it's Australia, US, and it's in Europe, um, it's got a, a new management team, and I think their sales staff or, or sales team now is in place, and it's ready for growth. Don't be surprised if it, get, if it gets taken over by, especially Northern Hemisphere Group, because they've, they've forged into those markets. So EVS in Virusweek. It, it's Sims. Um, it's a company probably a lot of people haven't heard of. So Sims is um, a global business. They have recycling facilities all around the world, they're the world's biggest recycler and they recycle ferrous, which is um, steel, iron, and they recycle non-ferrous material, which is copper and aluminium. Now, if you think in a decarbonising world, um, the amount of carbon produced by recycling something is a lot less than taking the ore and, and processing it into steel or whatever it might be. And not only that, there's a few steak knives that get thrown in with Sims that perhaps people don't appreciate. And that is a business called um, Lifecycle. So what they do here is 
they not recycle, but they repurpose things. So if you think of a data center that's past its useful life, instead of taking the servers and scrapping them, what they do is repurpose them. They, they take the good bits and reuse them to build a new server or a new computer from an old hard drive to a new hard drive. And I think that is something that uh, will appeal to the likes of Microsoft, to Google, to Amazon, all of these guys. I think um, it's a much better approach. RPM Global, uh, largest holding in our Australian fund, uh, it's in the mining software space. We've had a lot of growth stocks sell off over the past three or four months. It hasn't really participated in that sell off and I think there's good reasons for that. Its main competitor here in Australia just announced that it's being taken over by a Scandinavian uh, equipment supplier. I think that is the game for RPM as well and I think we're getting closer and closer to that endpoint. If you take the, the multiples that its competitor is being bought at and apply it to RPM, you've got another 100% upside to the share price today. I don't think that's out of the question. And I think in a market where you know relying on market multiples is going to get more difficult, this takeout option is a pretty good one for our portfolio. A nice piece of foraging. Yeah, that's a tough question in the sense that we, we run a portfolio of 60 stocks, but oh, I don't think you're going to let me get away with that. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that Hanson Technologies. Hanson Technologies is a top five holding in our fund. Uh, I probably see it as a three to five year play rather than one year, but we're still very excited about it next year. So in brief, Hanson Technologies is an enterprise software company. So they um, provides back-end billing software capability for telecommunication and paid TV companies. And the reason we're excited about it is it's got a history of delivery, which is incredible, of 17 years of about 13% per annum EPS growth and uh, with the same management team, trading on a PE of only about 17 times next year's earnings. It'd make it one of the cheapest software stocks on the Australian market. So difficult to pick one stock that's going to do well over 12 short months. But if I had to give you one, I'm going to say Spotify. And Spotify is the, the largest digital music and podcast streaming service in the world. Mm. Um, it's got almost 400 million users, 70 million music tracks, 3.2 million podcasts on the platform. Um, and over the last three years, that company has increased its leadership position it's doubled its user base and they've expanded into new addressable markets and the share price has virtually done nothing. But we think it's all about to change um, and there's, there's two really good reasons for that. Uh, the first is that we think that the user base can continue to grow. Uh, when you look around the world, there's three and a half billion smartphones, only 10% of them have paid subscription, music subscription accounts. And that's going to continue to increase over time. And we think Spotify is going to end up with almost a billion paid subscribers by the end of the decade. But probably even more importantly than that, they're in the early innings of monetizing that massive audience base with both advertisers, but then also with creators. But none of this, we believe, is reflected in Spotify's stock price to date. So number one stock pick for, for 22 and, and longer term as well is Megaport. So We've had two Megaports in this series. I'm excited. Tell me why. So Megaport's a really attractive opportunity. When you, Megaport is a software-defined network provider. Uh, it's a global business. It's got global leadership, which really is quite unusual in the technology space. And also they've got a clear leadership on the number of customers they have, at least a five times leadership versus their nearest competitor. There's a notable increase in the opportunity going forward, though, with new products. 
So the total addressable market more than doubles going forward is they add additional data transmission products when you move out to SD-WAN or 5G. When you put that together, it's a company that's got a total addressable market that's well over 8 billion compared to their current revenue of only 110.